Right. How we doing? We're back at it. Back at it, man. Uh, how was your week? How was your week going, man? Week is good. No complaints. Everybody's happy. I'm I happy. actually had my uh, aunt passed away today. Sorry to hear that. My closest aunt. But 86, 87 years old. My whole family breaking down in pieces. Yeah. I mean, listen, she lived a wonderful life. Full she life. never had no problems. She got to see her kids grow, her grandkids grow. She got to see her great grandkid, uh, big board and card game. I used to play cards with her all the time. She was very good with the jokes. Uh, very uh, uplifting lady. Can't say anything, not a bad bone on her, her body. Um, you know, and she succumbed to cancer, and uh, you know, you get tired of the chemo. Yeah, pretty old. Third certain time. Mm-hmm. She lived a wonderful life. She was content. She was ready to go. And uh, you know, I, I was, I was sad. I mean, you know, you don't want to see it die, but at that age, she lived a wonderful life. I was excited for her. Now she's gonna be in another journey in her life. So yeah, my condolences, RIP. Thank you, thank you. So yeah, man, a lot of stuff in boxing. So. You know what we should talk about? Some techniques, some training. Uh, yeah, I want I want to get into that because you know we, this this week has been interesting. You know we've seen a lot of a lot of sparring this week at the gym. Yeah. Um, a lot of interesting things going on, and uh, we 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 spoke with uh two trainers in our, the last two shows. Um, yeah, Fernando. Jamie, Fernando, Fernando, the last time you got to see that show. Uh, well, you'll see it before this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and a lot of different takes, a lot of like, obviously every train is different, you know, everybody has a different style and um, it's, it was interesting to hear how um, differently everyone approaches things. And you're a trainer yourself, um, what do you think about these, these young fighters nowadays? Like, what? Young fighters, the, the fighters and the amateurs on the pro. Amateur fighters, so these up and coming fighters who come in the gym, these guys say they want to fight. Well, for me, you know, I always remember many co- many coaches, but uh, I remember a coach named Rudy Camacho that told me, you know, kid, all these guys come in here hungry. I like your voice. I like how you do it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm like Pitchman. How do you listen? All, all these guys, and he, he dressed like a, a homeless man. He wasn't homeless. He was a retired post office. That's, uh, that's not the image I had in my head, but and he had a big ball spot. And you could put a hamaka up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamaka. No, hamaka. Boy, your compilation video of names is gonna be crazy. And uh, very, very, very nice guy. Um, he used to say, you know, kid. All these guys are coming in hungry. All these guys are leaving, not even thirsty. You know, no. what the hell he was saying? But he was always complaining. I get that. That these guys used to come to the gym, talking all this smack, mm-hmm. and they threw the work. And then when stuff was rough in the ring, whether it was part of me or mm-hmm. Joy Reels or a number of other guys, Ray Dominguez. We had a lot of murderous dudes in our gym yeah. that did not play games. And we took advantage of these guys that did not like to train. And every time they stepped in the ring with us, uh, you know, Ray was more lenient, Joey was more lenient. I, I was just, I didn't care, I wanna hurt them. And I just felt, seek and destroy, you know, take out the, the, the weaklings out of the, the, yeah. the ring. I was a bad sparring partner, actually. I was a very bad sparring partner. I was not good. I was sparring a guy named Ruben Rodriguez, a lefty. And uh, his coach was uh, Ronnie, I forgot his last name, good friend of mine, old school guy. His uh, cousin is Dick Tiger. Sweet, <coughs> his name is Dick Tiger? Dick Tiger, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Uh, you know, a great, great, great fighter, man. And I think he also was related to Sandy Sadler. The great Sandy has Sadler, who had over 100 knockouts as a featherweight, and beat Willie Pep three out of the four fights. Uh, um, 
Saddle was a freak of nature too. Um, and he was training him, and he brought him to the gym, and uh, very awkward ways of training these guys did. But I went in there, and I was just got in, got into it, right? Got working my jab, got into his body. He was a lefty. Went to see if he hit hard. He was pre-padding. I started ripping up the cuts. Took his head off practically. Busted his nose. Uh, now everyone knew that you were you. Were, that was your mo. Like you weren't one of those guys. Like, hey, let's go fifty percent. Uh, and you go in there and try to take the head off. I was not good on that. And you know what? All these trainers now they tell you there's no such thing as easy sparring. There's no you, such thing. As easy you go there. Oh yeah, it's easy sparring. They're hitting each other hard, and then it's like. Turns oh, well, he said it was easy. This was such thing. You're fighting. Yeah. You're fighting. You're getting yeah. punched in the face. Yeah. Eventually, there's, 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 it comes to a, a point where where people get upset and angry. You know, they can't touch you or they get hit a little too hard. Get embarrassed. Get embarrassed. You know. You gotta have a lot of self control yeah. and patience. And a lot of people don't have that. They don't do good in this sport. You know? You think a lot of these young guys like get mentally broken? Like they they think one boxing is one thing, and then they, they come to the gym and then, like you said, like they have like a hard day, hard sparring, and then now it's like. Eh. I see lots of people day in day out and come here with no experience with boxing. It's something they want to pursue this as a professional. Oh, a professional? How many amateur? None. Have you ever fought on the street? No, none. Like, I I have what it takes. How do you have, what do you have for? You don't even know what it takes. Yeah. Then you, I put them, what I usually do is I put these body bags on them, right? Where the trainers are hitting with mitts and they don't want to get hit in the body or they, they don't want to use the pads for the body. They use the, the pads for the face and the body gotcha. shield, yep. right? And I'll put these guys with the body shields with other guys that have a little more experience and I put them to spar, no headshots, but they can hit the arm, they can hit the body. Right, the guy that has better experience doesn't have the shield, you know, because he has more experience. Right. And even with that shield, they blasting them to the body. These guys are feeling it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody, everybody thinks that this sport is so easy. Like you can just walk in, yeah. walk your way in, and just do whatever you want to do. Yeah. So they get punched in the face, yeah. you yeah. know, punched yeah. in the ribs. You have no idea. You have, you have no, no idea. idea. You know, one thing that really bothers me. When I watch boxing with people, and I, I've had to stop doing it. I don't watch big fights with casual boxing fans anymore. Like, you want to watch a fight? You, amazing. We, we can sit down and watch a fight all day, but I hate when these guys go, this guy, this guy is trash. He's horrible. What is he doing in there? Why don't he do this? Why don't he do that? It's like. No, we're Canelo for a Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant. Uh huh. It's okay. It's all just gonna add it to the yep. Um everybody's like, oh this guy's not standing to the doorway and why would it man they have no clue what the hell they're talking about. No, no. This guy fought a perfect fight. Perfect fight. Whether you know the punches were taking his toe from Canelo mm-hmm. and and this guy couldn't uh, do it and succumb to the shots. Yeah. You know, I mean he did the best that he could. I mean I don't see that many people. You put anybody saying that oh I could do this, you should have done that. They put them in there and they will do less than what the guy they were talking about is you supposed to do. You gotta know what you're watching. You gotta know what you're watching. And it, it's, it's odd because, you know, everyone, most people are fans of boxing. Like, yeah. you have fight fans out there. You know, they, they might not love the, the sweet science, <coughs> they might not love the sport, um, the mastery of it, but they're fans of fights. And it's like Super Bowl, right? You know, people watch the Super Bowl, but. It's a little different, right? People watch football, they don't really critique their football game as much when they don't know it. But for some reason, everyone thinks that they can fight when they know something about fighting. And they have a whole lot to say about boxing. It's like growing up, I remember people that I know, oh, you know, why they can't stop Michael Jordan? Why these guys can't stop him? Why can't they play? I mean, you're talking about Patrick Ewing, (laughs) Reggie Miller. Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, professional basketball player of the highest, of the, highest, the highest level, of the, the highest. Player. And some of these guys in you their play, careers, you play in the park. and some of these guys that guard Jordan weren't just 
a star there with the highest of the superstars and hall of and hall of famers of the highest. Some of them were elite, and they couldn't stop them. And we're not even in double A. We're gonna stop them. You know, it's just it's everybody wants to say they could do it and they can. It's just a this is this is one of those sports that is very rare uh, for a good fighter to show up. Yes. You know. Yes. And you gotta come from very bad uh, um, upbringing. upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very, very few uh, will actually do good, even from that bad upbringing. You know, you gotta, you gotta be desperate. You gotta have a lot of, unfortunately, trauma. Yeah. You know, you gotta have trauma. You gotta, you gotta be. It's almost like you're on a suicide mission. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're in there. You don't care. You know that you could lose your eye. You could go deaf. I went deaf and lost vision in my eye because of boxing, but I still get in the ring. It's just, you can't, I mean, the people. That's why you don't listen. The many, yeah, I don't listen a lot. A lot, a lot of the people that have been in boxing for many years, they still to this day get in the ring and spark. It's hard. It's, it's hard. Yeah. It's like Rocky said with Apollo. Uh, actually, Apollo said to Rocky when he was fighting the Russian, he said, Rocky, we can't turn this thing on and off. Once it's on, it's on. You can't, you can't pull it out. You see guys in their fifties and sixties still doing exhibitions. Yeah, yeah. You know, look at like Roy Jones. Like this guy got knocked out like three straight times, and he's he just kept fighting, kept and, fighting. And his best friend Jeremy McCunn, uh went blind and deaf. Yeah, yeah. And very, that was very sad. That changed the landscape of Roy Jones because he started fighting guys that no one ever heard. Like Ricky Tricky Frazier, you know, all these other guys, right? So, you know, and now that he's old, he's taking all these biggest, bigger gambles than when he was in his prime. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. It's, it's, it's tough, man. And a lot of these guys, like, like we just talked about, boxing is all they got. Yeah. Boxing is all they got. So when they retire, it's like, damn, what else can I do? For me, I, I, I like to draw the line and find out as fast as possible where these guys are going to go. Like I said, they, they want to do all this, right? They want to get into the best possible shape, right? They want to spar, but they're not willing to run. I tell them, hey, you got to jump rope six rounds. Oh, I don't want to jump rope. Oh, I don't want to jump rope. Okay, we got to run. Everybody got to run somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is going to create your forward. One of the things that I see more than anything in this gym, even from a lot of fighters, and I'm always on top of them, man, and I think any trainer will emphasize this, uh, shadow boxing. Oh, boy. Nobody wants to do shadow boxing. Why? Oh, and, 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 and I seen that I'm not going to call out people just recently in this gym, mm -hmm. and they were lost shadow boxing. Yep. They didn't know how to throw a jab. They did everything wrong. And these are people that have... 10 amateur, 15 amateur fights. Yeah. How can you not learn how to shadow box? The importance which, of shadow box. Which, which helps you create combinations, helps you learn how to move a little better with ease. It punches fluently. You know, it, it's it's so important. I mean, I used to spar, I, I mean, I used to shadow box eight rounds a day. Yeah, yeah. Eight rounds a day, every yeah. day, eight rounds a day, eight rounds a day, eight rounds a day. 25, 30 You know, Mike Tyson, box. same thing. Yep. You see Floyd Mayweather, he shot up a lot. Yeah. Pacquiao, I think does even more than eight rounds. I'm not sure, but you know, these guys, if they doing it, if these are the guys that are doing sure never Mosley, you know, uh, all these guys, I see Keith Thurman, I think recently was doing 10 rounds shot box. It's very if, important. If you see these guys doing it, it's for a reason. You know, then I just gonna do it just to do it. It's important. But these young guys don't. They don't want to do that stuff. Like they, they want to come in. They want to hit the bag. They just want to throw punches as soon as they get here. Like I was working with a kid earlier this week, and I'm like, hey, we gotta work on footwork today. And he told me, hey, this is boring. I don't want to do this no more. I said, well, you must want to get fucked up. <laughs> it, it it is what it is. They they really think that it's so easy. They're not willing to learn. And it's frustrating, and that's why you see a lot of trainers. People come new to the gym, they want to fight, they want to do this, and there's no enthusiasm from the trainer because they sit there 
you know, I can, hey, oh, I want to be a farmer. All right, yeah, do that here, mm-hmm. do that there. You got to show them something. And, and they're not going to really do much. And if, if they get paid for the day, maybe $20, $30, whatever they're going to get paid, and they'll do a little bit of meds just so you can be happy. Mm-hmm. They're not going to teach you anything. No fundamental. They're just going to tell you, do this, do that. Um, I'm glad you said that because people don't see that side of the the sport, like trainers, the disappointment that they go through throughout their whole life of training. Like, and they've seen so much, like, they're tired of it. They're yeah. tired of it. So you, you may come in the gym like, man, this trainer's lazy, man. He, he don't pay attention to me. He don't, yeah, man, it's it's tough now, especially uh, on the side of a trainer. A lot of these kids are not, not motivated. A lot of these kids just want to be social media boxers. Yeah, they want to play video games, they, you know, it, this COVID has not made it any easier, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of gyms are closing down, uh, Mike's uh, Main Street just closed down, mm-hmm. and you know, like, it, a, lot of, a lot of gyms are suffering, and they're probably within months of closing down. Yeah. You always got to come up with ideas to keep it going, keep it moving, you know, not let it sink, but don't let the boat sink. Eventually, you, you can do so much and the ball is still going to sink. You can try to patch it and you're going to have to let it go eventually, yeah. you know. But, but um, yeah, um, fighters fighters are nowhere near that like they were back then. I remember guys coming to the gym and there was no music and um, it was very quiet, but you could, you could see you can see the difference of a gym back then and a gym now. Um, I mean, I allow the music now, um, but back then, there was no music in the gym. You just hit there, was, there was punching in the back, the roll. Uh, there was no toy, it was just boom, boom, hitting things, hit sparring, thing, the bell ringing, the jump rope. Everybody's getting down, you, you hear the locker slamming. I love that. You know, and it was smelly. Smelly. You walk in and you know that this is a gym because the place smelled, smelled bad. And if you were willing to learn a little bit and you were willing to deal with the smell, if you if you even go fifty feet in the gym, go through that smell, you, you you're gonna probably be a pretty decent fighter because there was people that walking right out the door. Those fucking hand wraps, man. I had hand wraps. Oh my god! So this is a true story. I had my hand wraps. No one told me to wash them uh, for many years, and I had these hand wraps in my locker for about three years. It was soaked for three years because the place was cold. One, two, they were wet from the the night before. So you know, shadow boxing, sparring, whatever. Probably smelled like that. And and uh, I used to put them on my hands. And I wasn't the only one. There was many other people there that were putting very dirty hand wraps on. I think if we would have fought or sparred with just hand wraps, hitting each other in the face, there would have been a lot of blind people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but and even the gloves were filthy. The gloves were filthy. If, I'm surprised there weren't staff infections. If you guys don't know what nasty hand wraps smell like, <coughs> and all the fighters and trainers know, it's one of, one of the worst smells. Yeah, worst smells. One of the worst smells. There was always pink eye in the gym because people always rubbing their eyes from those dirty hand wraps. Oh my god. Um, listen, listen guys, uh wash your hand wraps, buy new hand wraps, dry let them dry out, roll them back up, take care of your, your gear. If you gotta spray it down, you do not want to smell your nasty ass hand wrap. Um Yeah, it's time passing by. I'll now. speak for myself. Sparring people that stink. Just makes me want to hurt you. Yeah, even more. Your hand right, your gloves thing. You have bad body odor. <laughs> Listen, I remember too sparring Felipe, or Felipe, and I remember there was this pair of gloves, black gloves, that there were fourteen ounces. Meanwhile, this guy was almost two hundred something pounds. I was one hundred and twelve pounds, mm-hmm. and the coach is putting these fourteen ounce gloves on a big dude. Well, I had 60 ounce gloves, and then it was hardly no cushion. You know, it looked like Louis Risto was visiting the gym and taking cushion out of there. <laughs> and and I was getting pushed, and I felt his knuckles on my head every time. <laughs> Couldn't complain. Yeah. 
coach said, do you want to fight? Yes. But these are the only gloves we have. You know, so I had to suck it up. And, and what That's why I used to try to finish Felipe off in one or two rounds. Because if not, man, getting landed, and at that time, Felipe was, didn't have injuries in his arm. And he landed those right hands and left foot, man. They, it was thunderous. Yeah. I had to get rid of him fast. Yeah, yeah. And what about these guys nowadays, man? You guys know you're going to spar? I, I don't have my matches. Well, that, that was big back then, too. Yeah. Uh, I remember this one guy, Shane. Spartan, remember, whenever he could, uh, and he was very wild, had a, the body of a Donald's, but very nice guy, mm -hmm. but, you know, wasn't going for a boxing, right? And every time he came into the ring, the, the gym, opened the door, Coach Carlos in the back, in the locker, getting all the guys ready, because we used to do a lot of round robin. He used to say, hey kid, get your mouthpiece and get your hand wraps ready, you're gonna be sparring. They'll stop, they'll analyze what he just said, and then they say, Coach, I don't have my mouthpiece. And his answer would be, you have a big fucking bag you're carrying with you. You have your fucking gloves in there? Yes. You have your fucking cup in there? Yes. You have your jump up in there? Yes. Now why the fuck is the, the mouthpiece not in there? And the whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's in there. You know why? Because one day, Everything's in there. me being a dirt bag, while well, he sat down and went to the bathroom, I opened his bag and I was <laughs> checking through his bag and I did find his bag. I found multiple mouthpieces in there. Oh boy. He just didn't want to spar. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. And, and I told that to the coach and the coach said, okay, no, no problem. Next day he came in, he said, hey kid, got your mouthpiece? Stopped again, same position, same manner, and said, uh, no, I can't find it. And the coach said, get the fuck out of the gym. And he stood there looking at him like, what? This we're only paying $25 for a membership. Oh, that's crazy. $25. That <clears throat> Actually, even, even, I remember he even paying $10 a month mm -hmm. membership. Mm -hmm. You know, but when he came, it was about $25. Wasn't a lot of money. He was a post office guy too, mm -hmm. making good money. Yeah, yeah. And right. it wasn't a lot. Yeah. And so, and then we sold mouthpieces there as well. Right, right, right. He didn't even buy that. So he said, "Oh no, coach!" And he said, "Get the hell out of here! Get the fuck out of here!" He okay. said, "Oh no, coach! Get the fuck out of here! You're not a fighter. You're wasting my time." And real fast, man, there was people there that that gym was that gym was about fighting because. The minute you're in there and you're talking about you want to spar, and he'll throw you in there. He don't give a shit. He'll put you in the gym and get you the mouthpiece. Sometimes he paid the, the mouthpiece himself and, and gave it to you, and you win the ring. And if you don't last, and I was, I was like I said, I was a horrible sparring partner. So I was just, he was gonna beat you. Beat I was just down. there to beat up on people, yep. really. And I, and I really didn't teach these guys. I wasn't. They weren't learning like that. And there was a lot. There's a lot of gyms, same. Particular same, same matter. Mentality, yeah. John's gym is still to that point now, I yeah, think. Same you know, yeah. if you're not good, they're gonna beat you up and then you're gonna have to leave. Yeah. You know, and it, and nowadays it's more of a, a bring everybody in the gym because it's good for business. But back then, it's about they're looking for fighters. They don't care to You had to be good. Excuse me, yeah, you, you can't you can't be playing around. You had to be good. I put a girl, a professional model to uh, Devin Colon mm -hmm. into the, the gym, a friend of mine, and uh, gorgeous girl and everything, and, and I told her, oh, you know, come to the gym, you're gonna get the bag, and this and that is great in there, you know. So I didn't think she was actually gonna take my offer and actually show up. Mm -hmm. So I go to the gym, I'm warming up, I'm doing all this stuff, and she walks in. Now I don't stop what I'm doing because the coach is not that type of guy. Go say hello to your friends. So I continued doing what I was doing. I was wrapping my hands, warming up, mm -hmm. but I did watch her and acknowledge her with a wave or not. She signed for the month, right? Like I said, it was $25 a month. And they were so furious that this beautiful girl is joining the gym that they let her sit next to the mirror throwing a punch for like two hours. Hmm. They didn't check on her and they didn't care. And I, and I was correcting her and stuff like that. 
And I remember the coach said, you know her? I said, yeah, it's my friend. Oh, okay. They didn't give a shit. And now they're like, not even going to pay attention to her. So I asked the coach, coach, why nobody's paying attention to her? He said, this is a boxing gym. And I hear the pamper women, models. And, and this is at the time, there weren't women fighters back then. You know, besides Christy Martin and right, right, right. maybe, you know, Sonia. It wasn't you a know, big thing. Yeah. It wasn't huge in gyms. Yeah. So this girl just wants to learn. Maybe she liked, wanted to learn the self-defense. Maybe she just wanted the cardio, mm-hmm. you know, take some frustration from the bag. I don't remember what it was, but I remember that I did invite her to the gym. And she paid she should have had someone helped her and the teacher wasn't like that and they pushed her out they really they didn't even say good morning after a few days she came in good morning they, they just sat there ignored her completely and I remember asking the coach why why and they said this is not a place for women and it wasn't just women it was, you know you're older they didn't give a crap uh, the only kid if you were if you were a fighter if you, you were a fighter girl, that's, that's what you, that's there was what people that were asses that came in there you know, like, you know, uh, local champion baseball players or handball players. Okay, do you ready? You want to do some sparring? Yeah, sparring day. And they'll say, no, this is not my intention. And you'll never get to see that coach ever again. That coach will never teach you anything. That coach will let you sit there. And if you and if you leave, they didn't give a shit. They gave two shits if you, you wanted to or not. And that was the difference back then. They were more serious for fighters. Huh? Yeah, it's way more accepting now. Yeah. It's a lot more accepting. Like you said, uh, it's about getting all the guys you can in the gym now. So it's a little different. Um, it's, it's more of a financial yes. uh, position people want to get into now. Yeah. You know, you want to build a gym, you want to bring a brand, you don't want, you don't want your gym empty. And at some places, it's hard. It's really hard now in New York City mm-hmm. to even have two good fighters. I think. You know, there's a number of gyms that probably have a lot more than three and four mm-hmm. fighters, mm-hmm. but they don't have the clientele. Yeah. So they just work, they just going by their fighters, not by their clientele, you know? And you have to have a clientele to to stay alive. You have to, yeah. yeah. <coughs> do, you, do you think boxing is losing some popularity? I think boxing did lose a lot of popularity, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, especially with this COVID. Okay. It lost a lot. But thank God for guys like Jake Paul. And like I said, look. You know what? You are absolutely right with that. Yeah. If it wasn't for guys like Jake Paul that are, he's taking boxing serious. He's every day in the gym. He's learning. He is. He is. And I'm sure deep down he knows how far he can go with this. Uh, Let's slow down. Let's no, meaning, meaning, he already knows he's not going to be a super world champion. He he's just looking for the big paydays. Yeah, he's. But he's not looking to trash himself either. He's not he, looking to get hurt. He's being very smart. Yes. Um, he understands that um, he's training as a boxer. He's been training for I think some years now. Right? Yeah. Um, and he's fighting guys who don't box. So. And he has the concept. He has the concept because he throws jabs. He does, he's not a sloppy, sloppy fighter. You know, you can see that he has grown a lot, right? He's a big boy. He's, he's throwing the jabs. I'm not going to give him any credit as far as fighting until he fights a boxer. And the only reason I say that is because he talks way too much trash. Why? Well, all these guys that are fighting him are technically fighters. Because no. once you get your license and you're in the ring, you're not a fighter. Yeah, but they're not boxers, though. You, you, it's, you know there's a difference. Um, skill, skill-wise, right? Like, the best striker in UFC is probably a C-level striker in boxing. Yeah, that's true, but you know, he's also trying to build his brand. No, I, listen, I applaud him. He's, he's killing it. He's hustling. He's, he's doing his thing. Like, and he's I, taking a leap of faith. Fighting a guy that most people think is already done with Chavez Jr. But that's still a legitimate he's threat. A legit, he's a legit boxer. The only the only question there is Chavez is a quitter, and I believe he's a diver. But he's definitely a professional quitter. Professional diver too. And I've noticed when he has blonde hair, he quits faster. Yeah. They, they, depending on the color of his hair, is we know what round he's gonna quit. If he wears red, we know he's taking 
dive in the first round. Yeah. If it's blue, he'll he'll let you go. If it's blue, he'll let you go to deep water. But he's a he's a one guy, very one guy. It's sad when your dad is a uh, one of the greatest boxers of all time. Yeah, so his father's always been talked about as one of the greatest yeah. of all time. You you had talent. You you were world champion. Yeah, and his father, even the losses he took, I mean, he got beat down by De La Hoya. Yeah, and he stood there and took the beating. He was an old man already, but. He, he took quit. he took the beating. He stood there and took the beating. He didn't quit. You know, and uh, Chavez gets hit by a few slaps in the face by Edison Silver, and he said he said good night. His coach said good night. I'm a yeah, I'm a head out. <laughs> and that was it. I'm a head out. It was just so disappointing, and yeah, and, uh, and that's the thing, right? So we just watched him lose to Anderson Silver. So if Jake Paul beats him, I'm not impressed by that. We just watch this. This man, he's 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 done. He doesn't have anything left to be. We just watched you lose to Anderson Silva. So it's a it's a it's a win win for uh, Paul, right? And then he'll buy he'll fight a German fighter. That's what he's gonna say. <coughs> so that, that's who's a formidable champion, right? So that's his thing. Oh, I, I fought a legitimate boxer. And it's well, a lose Anderson lose. Silver just beat him, so. And it's a lose lose for Travis. Because if he loses this, I, I, I think his father will just stone him. Yeah. They'll just put him on, I think, between Canelo and Juan Miguel Marquez and Barrera and Chavez Sr. They'll probably put him on the wall and they'll throw stones yeah, at him. Yeah, we won't see him again. You'll never see him again. He'll we'll disappear. Never, we'll never see him again. I mean, I'm sure the cartels will probably disappear. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm probably, he's, he's an embarrassment. He's really an embarrassment. Um, uh, listen, game on Smith. And I wouldn't be surprised on the road someone like Ryan Garcia also doing the same shenanigans that Chavez. Start quitting. Yeah. He's, 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 another, quitting. he's quitting already. He's another Playboy guy who's always on the social media and hitting people's stomach. And, you know what I mean? Instead of focusing on his career. You see, he has great following. He okay. has talent. He has some skill. Mm-hmm. He has pop in the hand. You know what I mean? He showed it with Luke Campbell. That was very impressive. Yeah. But then you stop the momentum. I mean, that was like a year ago. And then you stop the momentum. They check into a hospital and they go through this little problem. And they start calling all these guys. And you're not really calling. You're just calling just to call. I don't, I don't, yeah. And I get the whole mental health thing. Like, yeah. I know that's a real thing today. Like, especially it's more prominent now. Like, we're more aware of it. Um, I think a lot of people suffer with that back in the day and we we just didn't understand it but um don't claim the mental health thing and then jump on twitter and have a comment about every fighter every every fighter i know from be humble from 2005 and below will all meant to be the range everybody you know you gotta be psychotic to fight to fight nobody likes to get punched in the face for three minutes and then and, and have patience getting punched in the face so I'm getting punched in my face, getting hit hard, mm-hmm. constantly, and you gotta just sit there, relax, and say to yourself, yeah. I'm just gonna look for the right spot, boom, and get hit again, yeah. and get hit again, and bust them. It takes a lot, yeah, a lot. That this is okay. It takes a lot. Yeah, and and so for him to, every fighter's going through mental things, probably. <laughs> okay, you take a break, but be quiet. Yeah. Stay on Twitter. After everybody in the group is fighting, you have something to say on Twitter. Why are you talking? Talk with your hands. You're a fighter, man. These guys all want to fight you too. All of them. Listen, he, he, and he'd probably be some of them, he'd probably lose to some yeah, but Yeah. But you don't know unless you try. He's got to get in the ring. I honestly don't even want to talk about him on the show. Yeah, Ryan Garcia should be banned. And, and, and Chavez is on, is on his way for a permanent ban. If, if Chavez loses, if Chavez loses to Jake Paul, if that fight happens, if he loses to Jake Paul, if he gets knocked out, if he loses that fight, I will never speak his name again. No, not even on the eulogy. He does not. He does not. Yeah, we will, we won't even do the eulogy. We won't. We won't acknowledge anything. No, no. He does. He will no longer exist in boxing history. But uh, let's talk about some relevant fights. So I, I want to actually talk about some fantasy fights, right? Yeah. But it's not fantasy where we're talking about Mike Tyson and Joe Lewis. Because that's unrealistic. Okay. 
different eras, different times, and they would have never fought each other. But guys that could have fought each other, right? Some fights that could have happened that never happened. Okay. So I would have loved to see the Riddick Bowl Leonard Lewis fight. You know, that would have been very good. That was one of the biggest disappointments in the 90s. That Lennox Lewis and Riddick Bowl didn't get it going. I, and, and it was more from Riddick Bowl's side. You think? Yeah, because you see, Evander Holyfield is his best friend, right? In boxing. Three times. And they were very, very close. And on YouTube, you see them together, they talking. And yep. Riddick Bowl is signing gloves. And then and he, Michael Moore is there too. And, 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 he, and he says, he talks about Lennox Lewis. He's dogging him. And Evander sitting in the chair said, he got up. He said, Riddick, you're my friend. And I will ride with you no matter what to the end. But let's be fair here. You didn't want to fight the man. The man wanted to fight you. You didn't want to fight the man. Mm-hmm. You threw your belts in the garbage. You know, you, you avoided a fight. Because he did lose to him in the Olympics. Yes. So maybe he still has that in his mind. Lennox Lewis was extremely talented in the jungle. He wasn't with Emmanuel Stewart yet at that point. He wasn't with Emmanuel Stewart. Um, he was very raw, though, at that point. Very and raw. honestly, if they would have fought, I'm leaning towards Riddick Ball. And Lennox is a very good chess player. Yes. And, I mean, real life plays chess. Yeah, he has to play chess. And um, um, the way he played chess is pretty much how he fought his career. He was always looking to fight the best fighters. Now, there was a number of guys he didn't fight. And every fighter in every era and every division, always, there's guys that they can't fight. Because there's always people coming up. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to get every single person. Plus, there's contracts disputes, there's ring disputes, mm-hmm. that you're not, you're not a big name yet. There's so much to go in, in, into yeah, this. Every, every fight we want to happen is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You boxing fans. And right. it's not always that they duck you. Know? There's just, there's just so fight. much stuff that goes in between, right? But I think that, that fight would have been pretty good. I think it would have been a bomb burner. The Lennox Lewis that didn't have. Manus Stewart was a very aggressive, very aggressive. Lennox Lewis, and and very risky. He was a very risky Lennox Lewis. Which made him vulnerable. Which made him vulnerable. But he knocked a lot of guys out. He did. He did. And Riddick Ball, for me, was a big bully. And I'm gonna say this confidently because I know the man. He peed in my car one time. I'm gonna talk about that in a second. Um, but uh. You know, it's like he fought guys like Michael Dogs. Yep. You know, all these guys that were washed up, old, you know, uh, 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 the boogeyman, Jesse Ferguson. I mean, come on, we're fighting all these guys that were husbands. You know? Yeah. And, and you didn't fight the thing in the crop. Riddick Bowl didn't fight no Ray Mercer. Riddick Bowl didn't fight no Michael Moore. Riddick Bowl didn't fight no Klitschkoff. No. That was a little past no, little that time here. Um, he fight Alex Stewart, you know. He fight Mike Tyson. He fight David Tua. Yeah, David Tua was a beast. You know, he fight Guy Bucci, who's around that time too. You know, he fight Chris Bird. Tommy Morrison. He didn't fight. He a legitimate fighter too. Yeah, very legitimate fighter. He fight George Foreman. I mean, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Very well, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's great. And I don't think he was a great heavyweight. Because he didn't, he didn't defend the, the titles I, fighting the top guys. Yes, I, I, I agree with you, right? And He's my, in there from the fights for all the three my, wars. My only, my only, uh, um, he did fight Oliver McCall. Yes. Razor Roddy. A lot of guys, but like you said, right, there's a lot of guys who, who didn't fight all these guys, right? And you can pick, pick and choose whoever you want, right? Like, we can go through Lennox Lewis's resume. Pick out all the guys he didn't fight. You can go through Tyson's resume. No, absolutely. You can pick out the guys he didn't but, fight with Tyson lost to. But all those guys at least four, three or four superstars. Yes, yes. and right? if we're talking about the, the top heavyweights, right, of the 90s, resume-wise, he's probably at the bottom. Yeah, and, and it's, it's sad because I think Riddick Ball that beat, um, the Riddick Ball that beat Evander Hoy for the first fight, yeah. that Riddick Ball, it would have been very hard to beat. Very hard. I think he would have beaten most of these guys that I named. Yeah. 
but Eddie Fudge uh, was his trainer who had also Joel Frazier and a number of other guys. He had Bernard Hopkins as well. He's one probably the top ten greatest coaches of all time. Yes, we talked we talked about and, it in a and, few uh, episodes back. Yeah. yeah. Eddie Fudge, guys, look him up. Great People that want to learn about trainers, Eddie Fudge is one of the best in history. Yeah, he does he's a he's a trainer that doesn't get mentioned. So doesn't get mentioned at all. We're gonna go through trainers probably in another podcast. Uh, each we're gonna talk about best trainers history and what they accomplished mm-hmm. as well. But this man had one of the best trainers and uh, Eddie Fudge was just fed up with Riddick Bowl because he couldn't find him to go jogging. He couldn't find him to go to, like, once he won the belt, he became a different person. Mm-hmm. You know, even though the second fight was very competitive as well against Holyfield, mm-hmm. Holyfield changed strategies. He bulked up a little bit more, started, you know, working out with Lee Haney for bulking up because now he's fighting heavyweights. Yep. Right? And then he changed trainers. They got himself Emmanuel Stewart, mm-hmm. and they changed everything around. Everything and around. guess what? Randall Holyfield won the second fight, and that was Fan Man. That was the, that the was fight with Fan, Fan Man. Man. Yeah. And I'm not gonna talk about Fan Man, but yeah, that was a big event. are not gonna get into Fan Man. And uh, <laughs> and they fought a third time. And Holyfield dropped Randy Ball. It was almost over, and somehow he couldn't finish him. Uh, yeah, a minute and a half passed by. He was just standing there. And 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 uh, Holyfield claimed he had a heart attack or he had a flu, you know, in that fight. Because as much as I love Holyfield, he always had an excuse after the fight. Yes. When he lost, when he won, he was as the best shape in his life. When he lost, he suffered a heart attack and he felt it, you know. But he was still standing throwing punches. That was what was amazing. And that fight, he got he got KO by Riddick Bowe, the third fight. He got KO. And yes. everyone thought that that was the end of uh, Holyfield. Oh, yeah, but it and he came back came and back. just beat Mike Tyson, yep. beat Ray Mercer, Michael Moore. He did like more damage the second time the around. Second wave, yeah, and then, yeah, and then Riddick Bowe started fight. sinking. Yes. You know? Yes. He struggled with the Andrew Galata fights, which mm-hmm. most people thought he lost. And he won through the disqualifications. You know, so for me, Riddick Bowe does not. Made the Hall of Fame, but he is in there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fight that he, that he should have fought, the Lennox Lewis fight, was, yeah. that was a, a total disappointment, you know, a total disappointment. And now to change the part on, uh, to change the fighting, right? We talk about the bowl. I'm gonna elaborate what happened in my car. Yeah, let's 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 close out with that because I, I really want to hear that. So a few years, a friend of mine. Um, so I already wants to go to fights. Uh, Louie, old man Lou. And I said, okay, fine. And, and I spoke, and I seen Reddy Bowl a bunch of times. He saw me at the Golden Glove uh, when I won. He came, shook my hand, everything. Um, and he's very popular in New York, um, especially with the street dogs, because he brings a whole entourage of street dogs that he take care of. Um, and he sat in my car, and he smelled like uh, he was drinking. He's an alcoholic. And a lot of problems. And I understood that, but we started talking, so I chit-chatting about boxing. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand much what he was saying for the first uh, forty minutes as I was driving <coughs> to the Barclays Barclays Center. I think it was Paul Maranaji fighting uh, either Zab Judah or uh, Holy was fighting Broner. I'm not sure who it was, but it's one of those fights with Paulie mm-hmm. at the Garden. And uh, through the whole time, really bold, smell, smell, smell. Probably bad. And, and I remember, I said, Riddick, get out the car, go in, because I know you're going to be, you know, people going to say hello, and all that, I'm going to park the car, you know, plus he wanted to go drink, right? That was the thing when he wanted to drink. So, uh, and he didn't care for the events, really. He just cared to wave and get paid, get eat, mm-hmm. get drunk, and leave. Right, so as he gets out of my car, opens the doors, stands up, I couldn't help but see a big wet spot on my car, my SUV. Right, I got a I got a Toyota SUV 2015. So I believe that was the first year I had that car. So whatever fight for for that year at the market, that's probably that's probably Brona. <coughs> Broner or Zach. Oh, exactly. It had to be one of those two, yeah, right? He did like that late too. And uh, as he closed the door, I couldn't, I 
couldn't control myself, I couldn't hold myself back. I needed to know if this was urine. I put my I put my nose as close as possible to the seat and I took a little whiff and gosh, it was urine. Was a sweat? It was a sweat, it was urine. The freaking dude peed in my car. He peed in my car. Now right. fast forward a little bit, get out the car parked, go in, I didn't tell him anything about that. Um but I saw Shannon Briggs and I said, Shannon, Ready Paul is looking for you. Oh, for what? Oh, he wants to ask you something. What I was trying to do is I was trying to set him up to leave with somebody because I wasn't going to take him in my car no more. Because now, now on the return home, I was probably expecting feces in my in my seats. You, you don't know what's next. <laughs> so, you don't know what's and I had to already go, hey, uh, Shannon said he's going to you up, you guys gonna go out and eat? And he goes, oh, okay. And then I said, look, but you gotta meet him on there. But I saw a talk, he came out, right? And uh, I told Shannon Briggs, he was in the hallway, and I said the same crap. You know, he wants to talk to you, whatever. And I left. Left him there. <laughs> wait, 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 you, Shannon Briggs has no idea what's going on. No idea what was going on. No idea what was going on. And uh, so you leave this band at the Barclays. Oh, well, at, at the Garden. At the Barclays Center. At the, at the, at the Barclays yeah. Center. You tell them that Shannon Briggs is going to give them a ride. I must, yeah. I said Shannon's going to take you to a party or something like that, right? And you just dipped. And, and I dipped on him. He says, okay, okay, Jan. All right, Jan, then. All right, God bless you. Have a good, wonderful day, Chad. Chad. And I said, all right, thanks. But I didn't even want to shake his hand. It's more like shit. So <laughs> I left him, right? About 10, 15 minutes later, I get my phone is ringing uncontrollably, right? And Shannon Briggs, not to pick me up the phone. I'm still driving. Still driving. And I had my windows down because it, was, it just smells so damn bad. In my car, right? And I have these, um, to the, clean the, the dashboard, the Amarol. Yeah, the wipes, yeah. The wipes, and I was cleaning that. I was putting the Amarol just to smell that. I rather smell the Amarol than smell oh, yeah, the yeah, I smell the piss. Right? And I guess that mix, that, that the little mix didn't mix well with me because it, it was like tar in Europe now. Stronger. It's stronger. It was very strong. Mm -hmm. I had the windows open. It started raining. It started getting wet. Anyway, keep going, keep going. I couldn't help it. I picked it up. And he says, You fucking motherfucker. This, you left me with this. Reddick, Reddick is in here. He said, You didn't know what the hell you were talking about. And you told me that he wanted to talk to me. He had nothing to say to me. And now I got to drive this guy home, whatever. You know, you're a piece of shit. And I hung up. Oh, and there's more. I mean, Shannon and I had a lot of problems throughout many years, and you know, I did power with him one time at Gleason's, and on purpose he swung when I was talking to someone, and I looked inside, but I left my hand like an idiot, like a stop sign, and he slammed my arm that it, it almost did like a 360, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I think that's why I hurt my shoulder really bad, you know, and playing chess with him one time at Gleason's, and I beat him. He's such a sore loser, he broke the board and flung it. Um, but shout out to Shannon Briggs. Shout out to Shannon Briggs, uh, the champ. But uh, yeah, there was fights back then that we did not get a chance to see. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we didn't get to see guys like uh, I would have loved to see Pernod Whitaker and Hector Macho Camacho. They fought. Uh, they, uh, they they both they both fought. Uh, on the undercard, the same undercard. That would have been, been pretty cool. But they I, never I, fought I, each other. I think Pernell would have decisively won that fight, but um, that would have been an interesting fight to see, but I, I don't think it would have been much of a fight. Trin Trinidad and, and Mosley was very close to signing. Oh, that would have been amazing. That would have been, been a very amazing. good fight. Um, I think I, I, I probably would have given the upper hand in Trinidad. Because um, really? he knew how to the reach, he knew how to keep you a distance of the reach and help and land that right hand on that left hook. Mosley speed at that time was just really different. Yeah, really. Yeah, different. But I, he wasn't that good at, at, at middleweight no more. I just middleweight. 
154 even wasn't that much of a threat. No. You know? And you talk about 147, 140, yeah. that's what his best years. Yeah, those are his best but years. I don't think he could have been true that at that at that Not point, at that way. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I would have loved to see Oscar De La Hoya and Vernon Forrest. My God, Vernon Forrest was an incredible fighter. Not a great Does fight. not get a lot of props. He beat Mosley twice in the amateurs, twice, beat him twice in the professionals. He actually dropped Mosley in the, in the professionals. Pros, yeah. You know, uh, that would have been a great fight to see. I Cortez versus Trinidad would have been a ball burner too. Mm-hmm. Both had solid jabs, mm-hmm. and, 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 and they were very skillful. That would have been a very good fight to see. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricardo Mayorga versus Margarito would have been another another good one. Battle of the bad guys. That would have been a bad fight. Battle of the bad guys. Yeah. And and you know what? I I lean towards Mayorga in that one. You think Mayorga? Yeah. I think Margarito. It's, it's even with Margarito the, against those hand wraps. Even with all the dirty hand wraps, Margarito was still consistently throwing punches. I think he beats him. That's a war. They would have been banging each other. That's a war. And and. Just the interview, the post and pre fight interview, oh, the cursing and getting very disrespectful because they were both very disrespectful. Yeah, very. They would have cursed each other out, talk about each other's mothers, and all bunch of stuff. It would have been such a Bayoga crazy. Definitely smoking cigarettes who smoking this thing. And I would have Don King promoted. I would have Don King promoted. Make this fight big, Don. That, that fight would have to happen out of the country. It would be way bigger out of the country. Yeah. Out of the U.S. Or in, in the Garden. But out of the U.S., that would have been great. <coughs> I would love to see uh, Timothy Bradley and uh, Amir Khan. That would have been good. Bradley and Amir Khan, both in their prime. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a decent fight. Or Timothy Bradley and Ricky Hatton. That would have been I like good. that. that been a good I like fight. that. I like that a lot more. That would have been a good fight, too. I like Timothy Bradley and Ricky Hatton. I would have loved to see Sergio Martinez. Dropped down to 147, which he said he was capable of, because he fought at 147 before, and dropped down 147, maybe go after a, a Floyd or even a Pacquiao. Nah, yeah. I don't want to see him do that. I don't want to see him post it up that. He was very skillful. Yeah. Well, he was a very heavy yeah. hitter. Yeah. I, I think, think he, he would have been stronger that way. I think he would have beaten Pacquiao. Too big. Yeah, well, too, yeah. Too big. Pacquiao is the bigger guy. He would have yeah, taken chances. Pacquiao would have taken chances, but I think he would have got quartered. Yeah. Put to sleep. Yeah. Um, what other fights out there? Oh, Larry Holmes, George Foreman. Larry Holmes, George Foreman. Wow. I'm taking George. I'm taking St. George. I, I, you know what? Larry Holmes, as great as he was, right? Very underrated. Doesn't get the props. He does not. Because he beat Muhammad Ali. Uh, get and, over and, it. And, and, and people just hated him for that. Yeah. Um, but he had a tremendous jab. But there was fights like he had, uh, you know, like Ken Norton or Ernie Shavers that he got dropped or or he barely won, you know. So he struggled with guys. George would have took him out. Yeah, I think George. I think George would have took him out. You know what? Larry, Larry Holmes was very durable too. He I was. Mean, he went twelve rounds with Evander Holyfield at his prime. Holyfield was the only one that knocked him out. Really, was Mike Tyson. You know, so I'm gonna say it, it goes to this. I don't think so. Holyfield was never uh, a hard. He wasn't known to be a hard puncher. Now he was a hard puncher because he dropped some some of the best fighters out. Yeah, but that he, wasn't he, that wasn't his. Yeah, but he had to keep beating to the pawn. George Foreman touches touch touches Larry Holmes, and I don't think it goes the distance. I don't think it goes the distance. I don't think it even gets late. Here's another one, Aikai Bucci and, uh-huh. and one of the Klitschko's. That would have been a good one, too. That would have been good. Aikai would have been good. So, Klitschko's win, though, before Emmanuel Stewart or after? Uh, I think when they had Emmanuel Stewart, anybody that had Emmanuel Stewart, it, it just makes such a difference. It, it just, like, uh, it elevated your 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 uh, your stock by 20%. Because I, I think that Vladimir Klitschko, I don't think a lot of heavyweights. I don't. It's very, very. He had a tremendous stiff jab. Right hand and then slush hammer. Oh man! He had a hook. He could he he could bounce at a six for six to be able to be that agile and bounce around the ring and and turn guys like that. Like he was he was amazing. He was amazing. So, uh, he was a little chinny, but again, we're talking about heavyweights here, so these are the hardest punches that you're gonna fight. 
um, plus so much that anybody can take. But I don't think a lot of guys can beat Vladimir in his prime. Yeah, any any error, I just don't I don't see it. There was there was other guys. Let me see. Um, who else? When we had you, you said uh you said Ricky Hatton. What about Amir Khan? Ricky Hatton. Amir Khan or Ricky Hatton? That would have been a good fight too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about Marcos Mendana? Mm-hmm. Right. Marcos Mendana versus uh Ricky Hatton or Marcos Mendana versus Timothy Bradley. Mendana and Bradley would be very interesting. Ricky Hyde and Madonna will be another war. That'll be a war as well. Um, I think if we talk to Ricky Hyde when he was like hot, I think he stops Madonna with a body shot. I see that fight ending. Ricky Hyde stopped him. Yeah, that long. I, I can see it. I can see no. it. When he had his confidence, when he was when he when he was fearless, and when he was ripping guys to the body before he fought Floyd, if he would have fought Madonna. The same way, but Ricky Hatton is another one that I don't think belongs in the Hall of Fame. Why? Because he fought Pacquiao and Mayweather and lost to both of them. Yeah, I, I mean, mean he got he got humbled by them. Yeah, he did. He and did. then he fought again. I think three or four years after that. Yeah, he fought Paul Malignaggi. No, yeah, he fought. He fought the fighters. He didn't beat any great fighters. He didn't beat any great fighters. No. I mean, he beat Castro. But that was an old customer that, customer that had a, I, re, I still remember it was a 21 month layoff. Yeah. And he was winning the fight as it is. And then I think his shoulder gave out or something and he, he uh, stopped him. Stopped him, yeah. You know, but, you know, I, I, I think Ricky Hatton was a little overrated. I agree. Uh, I agree. Overrated. I agree. There's, there's guys that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame that people will give a hard time. Here's a fight I would have liked to see, and they were within. Uh, probably months. Pacquiao, Prince Nassim Ahmed. Ah uh, no, Pacquiao wasn't good. And you know, Pacquiao, uh, you know, got Pacquiao. better year by year. But the Pacquiao for Obama and and uh, and uh, Barrera, he was aggressive. That aggressive Pacquiao versus that Prince Nassim Ahmed. They were both similar size. Nassim's defense was horrible. Yeah, but Pacquiao doesn't have the greatest defense either. Yeah, but his offense is his defense. His offense is, and that's the dangerous thing about him. Like, you just have to like keep him off. They were both lefties. Both lefties. (coughs) It would have made a lot of money. Nassim has some power too, so he could have potentially caught Pacquiao coming in. Yeah, I mean they said this guy hit really, really hard. Yeah, you know, but he left him so so open. Pacquiao kept coming in, throwing, 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 throwing. You know, yeah, I think the pressure would have got Pacquiao pressuring him at that at that weight. He was a lot faster too. It would have it would have been bad. Here's another fight for Mexican fans around the world. One Miguel Marquez, right, versus Eric Morales. Mm-hmm. That would have been a great fight. Yes, a great would fight. That'd have been a war. I'm taking Marquez over anybody. Marquez is such a uh, I'm taking boxing. Yeah. But but, but, uh, this guy, uh, Morales, is one of my favorite fighters at that time. Morales is a beast. He fought everybody, man. And he beat beat Pacquiao. And they got starched the second and third fight. Right. But, you know, there's there's fights out there that we would have loved to see. So many beautiful fights out there. Absolutely. Never happened. You know. We should do it. We should do it. Mike Tyson versus uh, David Tua. Oh, man. That would have been. Reckless. They're like the same, oh, well, not the same fight, but it's very similar styles. Uh, that would have been very, that would have been a hard fight to fight. You know, James Tony versus Gerald McCullough. Mm, yeah, I like that. G-Man. I like that. A, no, no, G-Man. He was, he was amazing. He was untouchable in his prime. He's another one. Gerald McCullough versus Roy Jones. Yeah, which we know why that wouldn't happen. Yeah, they were, friends. they were very good friends. And maybe, maybe, uh, that Tarver knockout never happens. Maybe that happened yeah. against McClellan if he fights McClellan. Bernard Hopkins versus James Tony would have been a good one. At that at that time. Tony wins with the skills. Yes, yes. Tony Tony was better at that time. You know. How about how about Julian Jackson? Julian Jackson versus let's say um, James Tony or against Roy Jones. Could have possibly not grow out. These are guys like explosive, powerful guys that that was like Roy's kryptonite. Yeah, that was his kryptonite, and 
James Tony's style is just he's 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 a defensive fighter and it's it's hard to crack that code sometimes and he he got some power. Here's another fight that never happened. It could have probably happened. They were within range of, of fighting. Well Fredo Benitez versus uh Marvin Hagler. Would have been very interesting. That would have been very interesting. So I, I actually had a conversation with somebody today about Marvin Hacker, and I don't want to, I won't go too deep into that conversation because I said some uh, controversial things. But I think I would honestly lean a little bit towards Benitez. If, if he can withstand some of the power, if he can get out of the way of some of those shots, I, I believe he can out box And Hackler had a good job. He had a, good, he had a really good job. Good job. Strong. And was right in your face. Yeah, the whole time. But right in your face. Poor footwork. Poor footwork, yeah. Poor footwork. And his hands were down a lot. He didn't have any defense. So, Bob he made, have success. He made up with his condition. Yes. His heart. Nonstop. His, his chin. His toughness. You know, his power. He beats you and, and beats you. It keeps coming and people just gave up. His awkwardness, switching stances. Like, he was... He was an elite fighter, all-time great. Like, it was understatement. Like, RRP, shout out to uh, the Hacker family. So. Let's throw a few more there, and then we uh, cut the show short today. Let's see what else we got. Uh, you know, you know what? I, I, I love this. I love this, what we're doing right now. And I think, hmm, so we should we should do, like, a bracket. Like, a kind of, like, college basketball type, and we do, like, fantasy fights. And see, with your guys and my guys. And my see, guys and, and, and see, and see, and see, and, uh, and we, we break down the fight, how we think each fight would go. Um, we can get some votes from people in the gym, and then we... Yeah, we, 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 we should have a 30 seconds or 45 seconds, maybe a minute, mm -hmm. of, of you... Uh, uh, not breaking down, but of you presenting your case of the fighter. Okay, I like this. Right? So, like, the guy, 1962 champ, or oh, he fought these people, he did this so good, he did that. And, you know, and, and that's your case. Yes. And I have to come with a case, right? Yes. And then we'll talk about it. And maybe you you say, yeah, you know what? I can see your point yes. about this guy once. You know? Or leave it in the imagination of the people. Okay. Maybe we could, uh, you know, have the people... Hey, yeah, yeah, vote, vote. Get the fan know. vote. Fan vote, see what they say, and, and uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. I like that. I might, wear, I might wear a suit to that show. So like, and oh, also, we should do one with coaches. I, I would love to do that. That's that's I another one. There's so that. many great coaches, from so Customado to Ray Arcel to, uh, you know, Andrew Dundee mm -hmm. and Manu Stewart and uh, Freddie Roach. I mean, it's at least 40, 40, 50. Yeah. You know, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, you know, so there's a lot of coach, uh, Nacho Bernstein, Nacho Bernstein, you know, so it, those are so many such guys out there, coaches that don't get credit. Uh -huh. We could do one of those too. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm down for that. For 2020, and you know, we'll yeah, go let's, up there. Let's let's get the fighters down. We definitely do the coaches after that, and then who knows? We'll start doing boxing movies. We'll start doing all types of stuff. You know that. So real fast, right? So it looks like. Right? It looks like um, Derek Cesaro, mm -hmm. they trying to get in with Deontay Wilder, the bronze bomb. Bronze bomb. The bronze bomb. Yes. No, not bronze. The, the, the bronze bomb. Brown, brown, yeah, bronze. Bronze. Brown bronze. sounds like something else. Yeah. Sounds like what uh, Bones is about to do for your car. The bronze bomb. Uh, interesting fight. Um, that's a tough fight for Wilder. To be honest, um, I see Walter winning. Yeah, I see probably KOing him. He's definitely gonna KO him by fifth um, round. Maybe he's, he's got to be careful though. But um, it's a name people know. He's a tough guy. He comes into fight, tailor made for for Walter. Here's, here's and, the, and we can see how, if he's damaged or not. The problem now is the guys are gonna come at Walter. They're gonna come at him though because they know that that's a weakness of his pressure. So he's got to figure. Well, they're gonna out come. Way. They're gonna come after the. The ear that yeah, is constantly yeah, injured. Yeah, yeah, and they're gonna pressure him. They know he can't fight going backwards. You know he has to have defense. But the, at the end of the day, they're gonna they're gonna try because you're gonna try. But it's so easy to say once you're in there, you see this guy at six foot seven, 
and he's athletic. And he's athletic. And he's, he still has, and he's probably, probably in the top 10 greatest uh, uh, menace in the sport. One, one of these guys that is not scared to let go of his hand, try to kill you in the ring. Oh, he's, he's dangerous. Dangerous. He, himself. he said, I want to catch a body in the yeah, ring. Yeah, he, he would. That this right guy, hand touch you, you'd probably go to sleep. And he's reckless in there with everything he does. And he wants to take you out, yeah. completely out. Yeah. So if you don't do significant damage immediately, and I don't see Cesaro doing it because of the way he moves. He's older, he's 37, around Walter's age now. And he, takes, swings, takes he, swings, kind of he swings a little too wide. Yeah. Um, you know, and but doesn't do enough to win. I think this guy straight down the middle is gonna hit him because this guy throws wide. So while this punch is coming straight down the middle, he's just gonna put this guy to yeah, sleep. He's gonna catch him with a right hand at some point in the fight. Anyway. But it's a good pickup fight. Yeah, either I would I would like to see that him fight that guy or or Andy Ruiz. Yeah. Either one, either one would be great. Even if he fought Dylan White, I, I wouldn't care for him. Like, but any one of those guys that are in the mix, fight him, get get back on the map, and then. Hopefully, maybe a Joshua fight, Joshua gets to Usyk, if Tyson Fury steps that, aside. That might be another thing. That might be one of those fights that we'll never know, and they'll never happen. Joshua and Walter probably will never If happen. Joshua loses to Usyk, he has no choice but to fight Walter. Yeah, but Walter's going to say, why? Why do I need to fight now? I've been chasing you for a long time. You know who else, who else is he going to fight? He can't fight Tyson Fury. <laughs> no. Retired. You gotta retire this. Cause that's that's the next best guy. It's I don't think I think if he loses to Usyk, Tyson made it very clear he's not gonna fight Joshua. No, he why are you gonna fight Joshua? He, doesn't he deserve lost the twice. Fight. He lost twice. Yeah. You know. He's gotta win this next fight. He's gotta win this next fight. Impressively. Yeah. So we had a wonderful podcast today. Yes, we did. Uh, be sure to subscribe, like, comment. Uh, it helps us. You know, put more material and work on getting more people. We're gonna have another podcast. Uh, our next podcast should be with a special guest we won't mention, but he's Absolutely. definitely uh, making noise in New York. Up and coming guy, uh, yes, very nice guy, very polite guy. And I'm very excited to uh, do that podcast uh, with Zaire and, and this up and coming gentleman. Um, so hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Good night, ladies and gentlemen.